Bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Bridging the Gap Between Generations Who Assume Things About Each Other. I'm one of your hostesses, Karen Johnson Diamond, and with me is um, Stephanie Wolf. I'm getting I'm getting better at accepting that I only have two names. I'm embracing it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna love that about myself. <laughs> your your number two, why try harder? That's what a motto is. Do you know what? One I remember one time my mom gave me this great advice. I was, I don't know, ten and I was upset about something and she said, Stephanie, it's awesome to be number two. Be the bridesmaid. You don't have to deal with all the beeswax did and you get the pretty dress. Yep. I was like, Oh, Yep. That's not that's not bad advice. Except when it's like turn taking, like we're all in a oh. workshop and somebody has to be the first to show that they know how to revive the dead dummy in the middle of oh. your CPR class. Then I'm always like, okay, I'll go first and get it over with because no one yeah. else will go first. And I'm right. an actor. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do it. Yeah. Sometimes in those situations, it's like, you know what? I'll make an donkey out of myself. I'll uh, first, so then everyone else yep. can feel like, okay, it's okay to You're fail. Welcome. And I'm really good at failing. So <laughs> I, I'm like, here, let me, can I trip over that first? I'll show you. And then <laughs> everyone can just relax. Okay. So speaking of making yeah. donkeys of ourselves, um, never assume because never what assume. does it do? <laughs> it makes donkey out of you and me. I, <laughs> I have to tell you the funniest thing I did this morning. Oh, oh please. Guess we shouldn't say that. We're trying to keep this one clean. Yeah. However, uh, I was texting our guest this morning and just making sure that everything was still going on. And at one point I said, okay, well, I'll talk to you in about 20 minutes. And since our guest is international, my brain went, wait a second, what is minutes in England? Hmm." (laughs) Is is 20 minutes the same there? (laughs) I was thinking, you know, dollars, pounds, whatever, euro. I love you for that so much. And, and and one small insight, I have to move my computer so that I can... We're, this is the first time we've gotten up early to do this. So yeah. um, I had to move my computer and I was just... I had cords around... Usually I do it the night before and it's not that big a deal, but just because it's morning. I was just like, you might, I was, you could, I wish I could have taken a picture. I was just like, me, I can't, where's my thing? And, and then, and so then I was super late. And so anyway, now we're all here. And should we introduce our special guys? I want you to introduce our special oh. guys. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent. I don't know either. Oh my gosh. Maybe, oh, I you. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Okay. So, we have a very special guest from England, and it's evening there, and the minutes are different, and his name is Tom Shepard, and I would like you all to um, say hey to Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hello, everyone. How are you? See, we're just going to let him talk because he sounds so cool. I know. It's like I could listen to to any, any version of accent from London or anywhere. I could just listen to it all day long let's hear what you had for breakfast today well today yeah. actually we uh we went out for brunch which was nice so we had a oh, full nice. full english breakfast so bacon sausage toast tomato mushrooms it was pretty great so you did two meats yeah mm, protein <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so you did two meats yeah. <laughs> i did two meats we all have our coffee Yes. 
We're all ready. Oh, we're we happy. We, we are happy to be oh. doing this in the morning. We are happy to be getting up and doing this in the morning. This is my new favorite hobby. I will do it in the middle of the night if somebody makes it's me. It's really fun. Can we all hold up our coffees? I want to take a yep. picture because this is hilarious. I have to turn okay. mine around so you can read the words Neil Diamond. Cheers. Yay. I think, what does mine say? Mine says, oh, this is good. I don't think I've ever read this mug before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I have it. It says, it says, live well, laugh often, love much. Very nice. In your lifetime. No. Yeah. In your lifetime. Did you ever think you'd say the phrase, I don't think I've ever read this mug before. No. No. That's what I love about just making stuff up. (laughs) But I didn't make that up. People don't see it. It actually says that. Is this, sorry, should I say now that um, this is not, it's tea, it's not coffee. Oh, oh, that was one of my rapid fires. I was going to say coffee or tea, but of course it's tea. Well, I was going to say, this is going to blow your mind. (laughs) I've never, never drunk coffee. Never. What? Never. Like never, never? Never, never, never. See, I would, okay, assumption. I would have assumed that you liked tea, but but I never, never would have assumed that you never drank coffee. Does Never, yeah. What? In okay. your life. In, my in life. your whole life? In my whole life. Can, All right. you, can you have a cup now and just so we can just see what it's like for you? <laughs> no, because Let's my, start my, here. my wife will be very upset because she's been trying to get Aww. me to drink it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, wife! Oh. What's your wife's name just so we don't have to call oh, your sorry, wife? Chloe. 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 Yay, yeah. Chloe. She's a Chloe's coach. like, oh, he doesn't coffee drink sister. coffee when he's at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start with your whole life. Great. Um, how old are you? I'm 37. Although, as as you, as you can see, I don't look it, right? Yeah. That's no, what everyone you says. Don't. You, look, you don't. Well, and I was going to say that 37, you're only a year younger than us. So this is going to yeah. have to I be. I mean, that's great. That's why I'm here. We're really going to have to reach for what our assumptions yeah. <laughs> are. I guess we'll just have to do it on gender biases, maybe, because... I'm lying, by the way, for people who are new to this. We're way older than that. Okay. Way. Well, how much older are we? 17 years older? Don't if make me do the math. <laughs> come on, 54. We're 54. Yeah. 17 years older. So, so much has happened to us in the last 17 years, Tom, that you're just going to have to figure out. Okay. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> and so, okay, so what's the newest thing in your life that changed your life? Well, it was my, my daughter. <gasps> yeah, I mean, I suppose she's not that new because she's 15 months, but... That is... It oh, was, that's it was so definitely <laughs> It was definitely life-changing, that's for sure. Oh, that's amazing. 15 months, okay, got it. Yeah, so last, last April. Yeah. And You're still been... counting in months, so right? So you, that's how new this is. Yeah, yeah. I think you mm-hmm. do. You do until they're two, and then I think it, you know, goes out the window. And it's too so. hard. <laughs> but I wonder why. Like, why do we do that? Why don't we go? Oh, my daughter is a year and three months old. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. for the same reason that we don't say, "Oh, I'm 54 years and two months old." I yeah. think it's also because, well, for me, it was a bit like I kept wanting to keep them as little as possible, so months yeah. still made them little. Yeah. yeah, and I think also like one of your previous guests, you know, when you're younger, every day matters doesn't it in a different way i think sometimes yeah they do something different every day okay i'm gonna make my first assumption okay because that's what this podcast is all about assuming things about generations that are different than ours uh now since i have lived your generation already um and i have lived it as a parent but i have not lived it as a father okay so my assumption 
as a father to a daughter who is 15 months old is that you can't wait until she can do something like, you know, ride a bike, play a game, run around with you and play checkers. Uh, I don't know about checkers, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's true. I think it's very interesting, isn't it? That the very, the very first year, a lot of it, they are so cute and, you know, you love them, but they don't, you don't get a lot from them. They just kind of stare at you or they cry or they asleep, you know, and that's kind of it. So I think it's been really interesting the last five months or so when she's really like becoming her own little person. And I think that's been really amazing, you know, to kind of witness. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that that's something that I think that it seems like most dads relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does she say things yet? Uh, she doesn't. She can say cat that's that's as much as we've got uh when she because there's two there's two cats that kind of come into our garden and she will uh she'll just like point out the window and just keep saying <laughs> over Aww. and over so yeah she, she that that's but apart from that it's a lot of babbling a lot of uh, that's my oh. favorite thing because they try and make it sound like a sentence yeah or, they, or she'll point you know she'll point at something and blah, 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 and you'll be like yeah of course Amelia of course <laughs> yeah she's just asked you for you know a, yeah. Yeah, a jet plane yeah and he's like yeah you don't my know. favorite don't thing know. though is to have those conversations you know mm-hmm. oh, blah, 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 blah. yes but only on Tuesdays and in an elevator right <laughs> so I just carry on those conversations I did say to Tom it would be great if at the end of the recording if we got Amelia back because yes I may have already met her but if we oh. brought Amelia back and just see if we couldn't get a little of her blah, 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 blah. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll, have we'll, to do that. We'll bring her. We'll bring her. Just back. wake her up if she's sleeping. Yeah. Wake her yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Never let them sleep when they're sleeping. Yeah. Oh my god! Can, yeah, everyone's like, oh my god! Don't even try. Okay, mm. I have a question. Um, yes. Let's tell the people what you do mm-hmm. for a living. Okay. It's pretty exciting. Um, at the moment, I work for ABRSM, who are a international music exam board, and I work in digital products and innovation. So I make uh, apps and resources to help uh, younger children learn music. Isn't that amazing? I'm in love with that. Like how, how, how to recognize music or how to play it on an instrument? Both. Can so I it's try? Really, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I think the thing that's really interesting about it is that, you know, the, the kind of mantra of the organization is to inspire musical achievement. And obviously it's quite rewarding kind of working for a company like to be part of that. And yeah, so like we make an app, for example, that teaches you how to do music theory, but it's based if you if you had to go at it, it's quite similar to Duolingo. You do a lot of drag and drop. I love Duolingo. I'm learning Japanese. I'll never speak it. But yeah, no, it's a totally cool game way to. So basically, yeah, gamifying something which is, you know, it's traditionally hard to teach. Yeah, exactly. So and this is sort of that's where weirdly where we're at right now with COVID-19 is everyone's trying to learn how to learn online and generations before us are finding that uh, much more easier because I think, yeah, they grow up knowing that that brain connection is already there. So for us, it's been a huge learning for my generation. This is this last three months has been a huge learning curve when it comes to oh, um, yeah. and technology. But I'm really proud of us because we're doing it. But yeah, um, so these kids that you guys are, are accessing have an automatic gene, I think, that knows how to do that now, which is so cool. 
Because yeah. that's going to be that's that that if we can use this tool in that kind of positive way, maybe we can reconnect and maybe we can save the world. You know, like yeah, <laughs> instead of I how think, divisive it can be. Yeah, because I think the, the exactly that the the problem sometimes we have is that obviously some of our access to the students is through their teachers who are often maybe my age or maybe your age. And so, but then we have to get them to be advocates of our products, which can be difficult, as you said, because they might not have a smartphone. They might have an old right. phone that you just pay snake on and text or whatever. You know? A flip top. Yeah, or exactly. one of those refrigerators that you used to, yeah, yeah that you see on old drug dealer shows. Yeah, and yeah, you pull, like, you pull the aerial out. Like, yeah, top. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I have an assumption. If you are 37, mm-hmm. then I would say you were about 15 or 14 when the internet came about or became a big thing in your life am I right about that yeah that is about that age yeah that is correct yeah but that was the days where you had to you know you had to dial it up and it you'd have to wait for that horrible noise whereas kids don't know anything about that then you had to feed the gerbil that was running on the the thing so that and if it started to get hungry (laughs) your internet was gone (laughs) and then someone would pick up the phone right and you get the oh my mom, who lives on an acreage in Sherwood Park, Alberta, still has dial-up. Oh, wow. It's so many trees, and it's so far away from the main city that she can't get Wi-Fi. So she still has wow. dial-up. And speaking of generations and digital communication, I'm very proud of my almost 80-year-old mother because I taught her how to Zoom over the phone, and she Zooms over dial-up, and we talk once a week. Oh. I know. Oh, that's Crazy, so nice, right? Though. So I asked that question because I remember it was shortly after my son was born. He's 24 now that I started to use the internet on a regular basis. That's why I was figuring, you know, it's probably about that many years ago. But for someone like my kid, they, he doesn't know the world without it. And Amelia's going to be mm. like, Amelia will be 24 mm. and she'll have that little chip in her wrist and she'll just <laughs> scan her wrist on things and that'll be the whole world. And she'll be like, oh, dad, come on. <laughs> oh, definitely. Dad, into just your wrist and your wrist dad, dad. it's funny though isn't it because i feel like you know mine you know i can assume that people a lot younger than me have i just always expect everything to be instantaneous though and they mm. are not very you know the patience thing is not something i feel like is that has carried over to younger people so much that's an assumption i think that's a, a really good observation i mean th- yeah the instant gratification that even we had as a generation when drive throughs happened that changed our ability to wait for things um right. i'm hoping that life will give them other things they'll have to wait for but um no that's a, and that's a really important life skill to be able to know that sometimes you just gotta wait for it yeah because it's really interesting because one of the things obviously we have to try and market these apps that we make you know via social media and stuff and you know we talk to these companies who help us do the marketing and they say if you've not grabbed them in five seconds it's too late you know you've lost wow you know and that's what i mean about the attention span thing it's very interesting understood and now it's in milliseconds Maybe because our brains are processing things yeah. faster now, too, oh, that way, because we're learning. I've been sitting here for like a second waiting for you to finish your sentence. Can you hurry up, please? <laughs> okay, I got to go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I have another assumption. I have. I have oh, an, go. Oh, we're so we're so on fire here now. I just want to go. So what brought you to this job? Like what? How did you find? How, what, what are the skills and things that you have that made you do this interesting work? Well, when I went to university, I studied music. 
I am a drummer ah. and a percussionist. So music's always kind of big, been a big part of my life. And then after university, I wasn't sure really what to do. And so, long story short, I ended up playing on cruise ships in America for several Never years. make a story short. You've been listening to us now for <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes. We don't believe in short nope. stories. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. So I, worked, yeah. so I worked on cruise ships all over the world for, for five years, all told. Amazing. And uh, it was a really amazing experience. And then in 2012, I decided that I should move back to London and kind of settle down, as it were, I suppose. Yeah, so not long after that, I um, was a freelance musician in London for many years, and I still do some music now, but then I kind of wanted some more stability, because basically, as a musician, there's not many jobs that are full-time. What? Kind of, what? I don't know what you mean. What you not mean? very many full-time jobs for artists? I don't what understand. <laughs> what are you talking about? get it. Gig working? What is that? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> paycheck to paycheck? What? Yeah. What? So You mean you don't have a dental plan? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, all that stuff. And so, you know, and there's you know, I did that for for several years and then um I saw this job come up basically and I thought, Oh that sounds really interesting, you know, working for a music company and I applied not thinking that I had any chance of getting it because obviously I'd never worked in an office before at all, you know. This was what? four years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and anyway, I got an interview, and then I got the job. And my, my wife Chloe is like, "I don't understand. You like go, you apply for one job in your life, you know, and you get it." She's like, "It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is pretty. It is pretty insane because, yeah, especially when people are coming transferring from an artistic gig based to um, a, a constant job. It's like that always looks like jumping off a cliff into a giant ocean of what I don't know how to do this. So it's true. really funny. I find that a lot of people that I worked with as musicians would say things like how do you how do you get up every day and go to the office how do you what like how do you office? do that office so yeah. weird you know <laughs> What do you? I'm gonna assume that after gigging for many years that that you miss the gigs sometimes uh it's funny yes that's true but it's funny though that obviously as you get older your kind of yeah. your tolerance to things changes right yeah. so I miss the playing but actually, a gig consists of driving for two hours, yeah. unpacking, yeah. you know, setting your drum kit up, and then waiting around for four hours, and then you play, and then yeah. you get home at like half two in the morning. And it's, but isn't it's it glamorous, glamorous <laughs> though? It's so glamorous. I'm with the drummer. So, so glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't that interesting? So what a, like, I found that too. There's that time in your life mm. when um, it's really exciting to do the show and then go to the bar after and talk about T- tell each other how great you are and what a great show and and all that stuff and and or go on the road and ooh they're paying for our hotel ooh that's so exciting and and then mm. there's a turning point that it's like oh can I just can we do the show at five so I can be home by nine oh did, totally yeah. when did when did you find that happened for you um I think it was I mean it was partly when my kind of body clock changed when I started working like Monday to Friday obviously because mm. that made a difference. Yep. Because then I was still doing gigs to start with, but then working all day, going home, oh. then going to play a gig, and then getting back at, you know, is was that started becoming less fun, I guess. But also, obviously, once I had my, my daughter, um, yeah. I found that I didn't really want to be away as much, of course, which that sounds obvious, I guess, but yeah. Because speaking of parents, I wanted to make an assumption about uh, you two, if that's do okay. It. I was about to ask you to do that. Go. Um, so... As a parent now, 
it's mu- it seems much more expected, and I fully embrace this. I really like being involved and doing like helping as much as I can with the baby. However, my assumption would be that you guys who are a bit older, your generation, was is it true that you both did most of the parenting? Oh, that's a great question. A question. Um, I think I got. Oh, in hindsight. I think it was, I had a lot of help from my husband. At the time, I was like, why aren't you doing anything? Um, But, uh, well, we had a unique situation in that my husband works at home. He's always worked at home. So uh, there was moments where I could just go, here, you take him. I have to go cry somewhere. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, because I was a gig worker and Kevin worked at home, we it was still that argument about getting childcare because if I went off to do some, you know, one little corporate gig that was going to pay me 150 bucks, Kevin's like, if I don't work for the four hours that you're gone for that corporate gig, then I don't make a thousand dollars. Right. So I, 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 it makes more sense for you just not to work. So there was a time I think when he wished I wasn't working, but now I'm not. So he's thrilled. Um, but the biggest thing that I did more than anything else was get the babysitters but nighttime feedings he jumped in as the kid got older his parenting he was top drawer how about you Steph? um similar because lauren my husband works um his job is he has a home office which is their company was kind of ahead of the curve in kind of getting rid of corporate centers and stuff um i'm going to just get into the parenting thing because i because of nursing it just sort of fell naturally that I was the one that needed to take care of that brand new little pod because they needed to eat and sleep. And so I was that machine for them. Yeah. And I, I give it more than the machine for them. But that's that's where they needed to get their nourishment from. And that's who they, they needed. So I kind of almost felt bad at the beginning because um, I did have a very present husband. And he really wanted to be the wanted to put on the jumpy thing and take out for a walk and stuff. But at the beginning my babies were like, I want mom, because that, that was so I almost felt because yeah. he was there to go, I'll do that. But he'd go at night, and they weren't happy until I got there. And, and a lot of that had to do with the nursing connection. You know, it's not that they didn't want their dad, it's that when they needed comfort, that's it was mom. And uh, when that started to change, then yeah, he 100% is there. So I think um, mostly it was a, a sort of a the nature thing took over at the beginning. And then they were stu- there was never I don't know. I guess our generation, I think they were already woke to that. Like they, yeah, they'd already yeah. been, yeah, they, they were, they were beyond the, I make the dough and you chime in husbands. They were totally there. The funny thing was, is that at the, the, those first months, it was biologically, they didn't, they wanted to be in my arms for those first little while. I'm going to assume in your generation, Tom, that you actually began to lactate and you breastfed Amelia, <laughs> right? <laughs> See, evolution is a really interesting yeah. thing. I, I, be- I basically barely needed Chloe at all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> get out of bed, Chloe. Do something. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's. I suppose maybe I just find I, the reason I ask is because it seems that from like our my and Chloe's parents' perspective, it was quite different when you know when they brought us up. I guess mm-hmm. so. It's very interesting their relationship as grandparents I guess you know yeah are they surprised to see you jumping in so much yeah I think so and I think that they that sometimes you just because it's not normal to what they were used to I think they find it strange sometimes that they see me like doing bedtime or whatever you know wow yeah because yeah, we were like bedtime was like all three of us like whatever you were doing drop it yeah we're all going for- and into the point where when we had two kids and we were 
it was reading time in in bed and when everybody kind of started to get too big like we were falling off and then it was started like okay i guess you take one for bedtime and i'll take the other but like that was just that was sacred Mm. bedtime was like sacred yeah (laughs) kevin and i took turns we didn't it was never you know if i'm doing a show he was on bedtime or i am well i didn't do a lot of shows when my kids were little i was too tired (laughs) (laughs) make another assumption tom um i suppose this is i'm sure this is not true but it's something that i feel like at the moment seems like important that i would assume that as a parent now it's much easier for you than it is for me right now oh that's interesting because Karen and I actually, I think our kids, one of our kids are closer in age, but they actually kind of are a bit of a different generation too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you still have teenager, right? I have yeah. 24 and you yeah. have 18 and 15. Teens. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, somebody asked us this in a previous episode. Uh, Lauren asked us if, if we still worry about the little things and we said, oh, our worries change. And so example, my kid on the weekend, uh, he's an actor as well, and he had to drive to outside of Edmonton so we had to drive three hours to film uh, a film he was in so first he had to go to a bachelor party for this wedding of this guy so he was at bachelor party and then he got up at six in the morning and then he drove to Kalmar and he filmed the thing and then he drove back in time for the re- wedding rehearsal and the weddings today da 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 and I'm just like I'm freaking out the whole time I'm texting him going can you tell me when you got to Kalmar can you tell me when you get back to Calgary just because he was so excited about this weekend so my fear isn't really that he'll die in a ditch my fear is that something will screw up and he'll miss either the filming or the so it's a, I worry just as much but let me tell you the first day you walk out of the house with your kid and no diaper bag and no car seat is life look at my face look at my face her face her face looks like she's doing <laughs> facial yoga right now her mouth is so wide it is life-changing that day like it's so it's just you and your kid and you're getting in the car no diaper bag no car seat life-changing mm. okay you answer it now yeah. Stephanie. yeah i was just the diaper thing i like going to the it's winter always it's always winter here and it's so yeah it, it's winter in london all the time too isn't it and so um going Pretty to much. in the winter you know as a as a young parent you gotta find things to do so you go to the mall because it's warm and you can walk around and there's lights or whatever and that stroller is mounds of winter coats and everything and so I remember that first beautiful freeing moment like Karen said when you go I don't have to bring a diaper bag I have what do I do with my ah wow and and junior wants to hold my hand and walk and so I have arms but then there's no place to put the coats because you don't have the stroller (laughs) so then I was like well how do I do this now yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, there's uh, the worry. That, yeah, it's that thing that I remember my mom saying. It's like, you're always going to be my baby. Like, there's never, now is, there's never not that connection go, that you now know about Tom that never, that never go, I, I, I don't think it, it never, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I can't speak anymore, but never goes away. Yeah. Everybody go read Love You Forever Now by Robert Munch and have a good cry and then yeah. come back to listening to our podcast. Yeah. Okay. My yeah, turn yeah. for an assumption, Tom. Yes. Amelia's diaper was the first diaper you'd ever changed in your life. That is correct. No, that is not correct. <gasps> we, uh, we, well, so my, so Chloe has an older brother who has a little girl and we babysat for her 
before Amelia was born and we had to change her. So we did it together, but yeah. But, nice. But the thing was... <laughs> nice. Listen, yeah. you think that's so romantic. <laughs> oh, oh, you changed our poopy together. <laughs> but, um, the, but the thing was, um, Amelia was actually born premature, so she was very small. So the first time I ever changed Amelia... She was so small and had to do it through this incubator door and it was so difficult. And the nurse was literally laughing at me because I was did such a terrible job. It was oh, quite... that sounds like it would be hard for anyone. <laughs> you know what, Tom? My boy was born premature as well. Oh, wow. So same thing, learning to change a diaper how, on this. How big was he? He was he was big for how early he was. He was two months early and he was five pounds. So bigger than he should have been for that. What about Amelia? Yes, yeah, she was four pounds twelve. Yeah. And she yeah. was yeah, she was about I think five weeks early. So yeah. Well look out because Griffin is now about seven feet tall, right? He's so six <laughs> three and a half, seriously. Right. Like yeah. and it you know, Amelia looks like she's hitting every milestone, right? Yeah, so she's, it's she's quite she's quite tall for her age, I think, yeah. But even when they're twenty four mm. I will say my kid is 24, but he's 23 years and 10 months adjusted. I will yeah. still say that. <laughs> it's so weird, though. You, you, obviously, you said it a few times, but I just well, I watched something the other day where the character had like a teenage daughter, and I just I just can't imagine her being that big. It's such a crazy thought. Like so, at the moment, you know. Yeah, you know. So this is the, here the other day. My 15 year old got his learner's license, and we went to the place to. I know it's so exciting. Um, went to the place to get it, and right beside where we were, and he and he got it first time. First time out, he nailed it. Awesome. And so I was waiting to do the forms, and there was a couple beside me, and they were applying for their birth certificate, and they had the tiny little pod and the tiny little stroller. And she looked at me, and she said, she said, oh, you got, oh, it's a learner's license day. Is that what you're getting? Because we were kind of talking, waiting. And I said, yeah. And I said, look at that little one. I said, I bet you can't imagine her driving. And she looked at me like I had, like, <laughs> she just was like, no, she'll never drive. No, like, no, she'll always be that baby and I, I realized I thought yeah I know that 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 concept is it's impossible to imagine you know yeah it's, it's just it's, yeah it's crazy <laughs> I remember looking at my boy in his incubator in the hospital this little tiny five pound boy Kevin walks in one day and I'm just weeping I'm weeping and he thinks something's going wrong his heart rate's changed or something he says what's wrong what's wrong and I'm crying going oh what am I gonna do the first time he comes home drunk <laughs> <laughs> So I have an excellent pre-worrying trait of mine. Like I can, I can worry years in advance. How do you find that, Tom? Yeah. Do you find you worry about things in the future? Oh, I think so. I think at the moment it's more difficult because she's changing so much so quickly, you know, like every day almost, you know, she's got kind of something new going on. But I think that I do want to, if I think about her being much bigger, like I worry about her going to school and, you know, like, well, like, will she make friends or, you know, really basic things, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's true. This podcast oh, no, has become absolutely. about Amelia now. <laughs> We're all, it's all about our kids. Parenting. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that gen- different generations of parents. That was a good question about how, what their roles are. And I think, yeah, I think they're always changing. But I really, I, my, my impression is that you're going to cut this out, Karen, because I'm just babbling. No, but no. no. <laughs> I'm looking back to my mom and dad. And mm. the generalizations in the media are interesting sometimes because in my personal experience, which I know is an anecdote and it doesn't. My mom and dad, while they, I don't think they would have considered themselves feminist by any story, they wouldn't have even considered that word Mm because the seventies, that was all about, you know, rebellion. But I look at it and I go, wow, they were, 
that word would fit for them because they divided the um, the jobs as to who could do them and who had time. So it wasn't mom did mom, Jeff dad did dad stuff. My mom worked till six, so my dad cooked supper. My dad was really, really good at um, one thing and my mom was good at the other thing. So they divided the, the, the jobs as to who could do them. And it wasn't necessarily because that's what dads do and that's what moms do. So I kind of grew up with with this practical thing and I look back at them and go yeah no they didn't do that for any political reason it was just convenient yeah and there was respect that it would get done and I think that most reasonable I loved that I kind of when I look back I go oh that was kind of lucky yeah yeah it's funny because when I grew up myself both my parents can cook but actually my dad did the majority of the cooking that's just the way it went right like you say interesting yeah not but not for any particular reason just I think that he just really liked it you know yeah (laughs) but but a lot of people I knew it wasn't like that, I guess. A lot of places, it's quite traditional. Yeah, you know, the the mum the mum cooked the tea, right? You no, know? that's very true. Too. My husband knows how to make one thing, yeah. and I know yeah. how to make two. So my favorite recipe is four zero three two eight nine two zero six four, which is Mona's pizza. That's my favorite recipe. <laughs> yes, I. When Griffin was born, mm-hmm. I had assumptions about things that he would do based on the tropes that kids do. So one of the assumptions is like I. I know he will write on the wall with a crayon or something, right? Yeah. Uh, and some of them came true and some of them didn't. Do you have those assumptions about Amelia? Um, I don't know that's tricky, really. I'm not sure because obviously a lot of those things she's not really quite, she's not really doing yet, I guess. So it's hard right, to know. Right. But I feel it's very, it's very interesting that she's more, like she absolutely loves books. That's not something I expected. Like, she will literally, she'll go up to the bookshelf and she'll just point, like, and then you'll pick up one and she'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you know that's not the right one, obviously. But yeah, she's like, I didn't, I thought she would like, I hope she would like books, but I didn't think she would love them in the way she does. Like, she literally loves being read a story, so that's nice. That's what they, that's what they say, you know, they. Yes. They say, you know, a talkity kid is because you have parents that communicate and talk to each other, right? Mm. And a bookity kid is because they've seen you reading or, or they see that you enjoy reading the story to them. Yes. How about this yeah. screen time? Is that a question yet for you and Chloe about Amelia? Yeah, we've tried to limit it as best we can. You know, we try not to, like, just have the TV on over, but... We have found that sometimes if we're out, it, there's very few other things that can distract her than putting, like, Hey Dougie on or something. <laughs> and that's fair. Like, those things are tools that we can use, and they're great. It's just, it's like, I remember the very first video game that one of my sons ever played. It was called Michael Recycle. And it was just a little guy who would... I thought it was being a really good parent by giving him a video game about the environment. About recycling. Is that not... Uh, right? Ah! Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was like... Sometimes it's great to be able to put on Dora the Explorer because you have to go mm. to the bathroom yep. or whatever, yeah, or, exactly. you know, and it's fun. And I grew up with TV and whatever. But yeah, there's the, it's it's a scary thing as a parent because I think our generation, Karen, we're the pioneer generation of of suddenly it's everywhere and there's nobody before us to have kind of modeled how to yeah. regulate this. So we're just in a dark forest going, what? How do we do this? <sighs> That's been a struggle. Mm. I eventually just had to, like, we we did limit 
my boys screen time see this is where my husband's parenting was brilliant that by the time he was when he was a teenager if he wanted an hour on xbox or playing video games or something he had to balance it with a half hour of physical activity so if he was outside on his bike for half hour then he could come in and play video games or something for an hour which i thought was brilliant and he actually at this age talks about like he hated it but i bet you when he has kids he'll probably do do the exact same thing (laughs) but now I think if I were a parent right now, I would just go, you know what? It is the way of the world. Mm. We're all on smartphones. We're all on tablets. We're all on computers. And it would be like not letting your kid have a calculator back in our day. And you develop (laughs) apps. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's true. It's just finding, it's a finding that balance. Yeah, because I would assume that parents your age and older might look at us in a restaurant and seeing her like having a screen up for her would be judgy of us. You know, I was for a while. Right. I I was for a while at the beginning of it. Yeah. I'm going to just, can I turn the the wheel a little bit? Please do. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, so I get bad at um, naming the generations, but Tom, would you be a millennial or are you older than that? Um, I guess I'm like kind of a millennial, yeah. Because you were like, what, 17 at 2000, so you were a teenager then? Yeah, Um, so I guess so. So I think this is starting to get broken down, but this assumption that millennials are entitled and all that stuff... I've never actually made that assumption because, don't listen to me, I'm so good. No, um, because the millennials, quote unquote, that I know were not entitled or lazy or whatever. I think people said that about the 80s, oh, those punk rockers, look at them. Yeah. No, it's just hair. But what about what about the assumptions from that generation? Do you want to debunk or say, hey, slow down or... or... Yeah, I don't, I think, especially in the... In in the UK around then my age when we then got to university it was that we were the first years they started charging for education oh so, wow oh. because before then it was you know university was free you didn't pay what's called tuition fees right and so you know one thing definitely about people my age is that we really you know like you guys in America and Canada do that we're not in America no I, I know that that's what I said no, and Canada <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. So, like, in Canada, you, uh, yeah, you you guys pay to go to college, right? And that was a very alien concept to us at the time. So, you know, if you wanted to go to, to university, you had to pay to do it. And obviously, some people, that was not, they're not affordable. So you had to find new avenues. And I think that's definitely, like, an interesting thing that at least my generation here had to kind of face yeah no that changes it up for sure because you have to start planning before and yeah I love that you asked that question Steffi because that was the entire impetus behind impetus is that the word I want it's a word, Karen. This the chrysalis, the the st- the starting point, the reason we started this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Is exactly that. Like my boy would say stuff like, because I think he believes he's sort of on the end of the millennial ages at 24, right? But he just finds so many people make assumptions about what he is or does or what he got at home. And and I've said this in other podcasts, but I work with teens so often and Mm. I see teens in an entirely different light than other people. So here's something for you, Tom. They're really great They're 13 and they're going to drive you crazy at home, but they're really great and they will save the world. And at home they're having, or at school they're having really, sometimes they're having really deep, important discussions. Sometimes it's about, um, you know, highlighting your makeup, but lots of times it's just deep, important discussions and they're changing the world and they're inventing things. So just expect that. Assume that Amelia is going to invent her own app. Yeah. An app which allows me to stop aging. That's the one I want. 
Probably coming. <laughs> I'll tell you to get on it. <laughs> uh, I want to do rapid fire questions. They're just my favorite part. Sure. Is it too early to jump into no, that? Of course. So the way this works, Tom, mm-hmm. is that uh, Stephanie will ask you her rapid fire questions. Yeah. And it's there a this or that question, and you just quickly answer with your preference. Okay. It's like a would you rather sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I will ask you mine, and then you will ask, and we will both answer you. Great. Questions. So, Steffi, uh, or do you want me to start, Steffi? Yeah, you go first, because I'm madly okay. writing down my ideas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, um, I mean I'm mean, i trying to find the file that I filed them all. <laughs> the ones uh, that you prepped weeks ago the for this hundred, podcast. <laughs> hundreds of them. Okay. Uh, yes. Here's my first question. Bangers or mash? <laughs> Bangers. I don't even know what either one of those things are. It's basically sausages and mashed potato. <laughs> okay, great. So, but you would have them together though, so it'd be a bit odd to have them like. Unless you were a vegetarian. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, plain donut or a fancy donut? Oh, I quite like a fancy donut. A pen or teller? Teller. He's the quiet one, right? The quiet, yeah, tiny quiet yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Betty or Veronica? Context? Oh, Archie Comics. Oh. Oh. A Generation s- gap. Assuming you know an Archie comic. I don't know that. So Betty's the innocent um, girl with great marks and yeah. uh, Veronica's... She's the blonde girl next door. Yeah. She's chipper and, and... And Veronica's rich and a man-eater and totally sexy. They're both cute. I'll take the first one then. Okay, the girl next door. Great. Uh, lions or tigers or bears? Oh my! Tigers, <laughs> always tigers. Have you watched the Tiger King? I have. Uh, I haven't. Uh, you don't I have, have to. Of, you don't have to. A lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> hey Dougie or Dora the Explorer? Oh, hey Dougie in this house anyway. <laughs> coffee or coffee? Hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Yeah. Amelia or Bedelia? Amelia. Of course. <laughs> I think I'd be kicked out if I said Is it terrible that I did like totally British questions? Bangers and mash. Totally hit the cliches. Oh my God. Here's a, this is kind of going again off the, off the, off the track here, but what are the assumptions people make about you being from London? Oh, um, I love tea, obviously. <laughs> Do I, I, I must've met the queen or know the queen or know someone who knows. But them. have you? I have not. Do you? I have not met the queen. <laughs> Um, and obviously that I love soccer or football, you know, which I don't really love it, John Sevier. Like, I I used to like it when I was younger, but as I've got older, I kind of like it less. I just want to point out that um, through the whole time that Tom was telling us he doesn't really like football, he's been tossing a soccer ball up and down. Have you not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Amelia's little football, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's ironic. <laughs> yeah, he called me. Okay, rapid fire, Steph. Yes. Uh, fish and chips or burgers? Uh, burgers. Oh. Sparkling or flat? Flat. Laptop or desktop? Uh, laptop. Jazz or rock? Jazz rock. Jazz rock! <laughs> Lager or pale ale? Oh, I actually quite like pale ale. Uh, red wine or white? Red. All day. Red all day? But that's day. fine, obviously, if you don't drink. What? Doesn't one of you not drink? Oh. Do I imagine that? Oh, I, <laughs> I don't drink. I did you... <laughs> Can I just say how wonderful it is when you've listened to previous podcasts? Like, I just, you are a truly wonderful guest. Yeah, I was, I was literally like, I know I heard this. Did you see my reaction to if you don't drink? My reaction was, what? <laughs> and mine was, he's talking about me. <laughs> what do you mean don't drink? What? what? Steph's like, that's not even coffee in my cup. <laughs> 
I so want that to be true. I so want you to be drinking wine right now. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. Comedy. I've got some then. Okay. Why don't you go first this time, Karen? Okay, I start, I start off easy and then they, they get hopefully more interesting. A sweater or a hoodie? Hoodie. Oh, jeez. Uh, sorry. I just... I just... <laughs> really really thinking about that <laughs> oh my god okay hoodie um hairdo or hat hairdo hairdo ninjas or pirates 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 it's the correct answer that's, that's a, a good, good one. one okay uh, weird <laughs> or crazy um both i say both yeah me because here's the thing i think you can if, if you're weird you're probably crazy but crazy no yeah Crazy is weird. Okay. Yeah, no, both. <laughs> okay, uh, piercings or tattoos? Well, f- what I have is piercings. Am okay. I considering a tattoo? No. Stephanie? Yeah, same thing. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, work hard or play hard? Play hard or work hard? Here's the thing. I love my job and it feels like playing, so it's I uh, both. If you mean housework hard or play hard, <laughs> I'd say play hard. Yeah, I think we're in the lucky position that work is play, and so play hard is working hard, and that's really okay. Great. Form or function? Uh, f- for Karen and I are just stifled. Form. <laughs> form. Mm. I love beautiful design, but function is super important. If it's formed beautifully and it doesn't work, so I don't yeah. know. Okay. okay anyway. Uh, Calls or text? I would assume, oh. I assume the answer to this based on your oh. ages, but prove me wrong. What do you assume? I assume that you're both, uh, you'd rather call someone than text them. I was that way until about... I met Steph. No. <laughs> <laughs> I met Steph before cell phones were invented. Oh, um, just send the carrier pigeon. I, I'd say te- texting now. But you know why I think texting now? Because I think as gig artists, we do so much stuff in the middle of the night. And I feel like I'm not bugging someone if I text them because they can check it or not check it. So it, it calls until about two years ago, now texts. Steffi, that was a long answer. Yeah. If I'm going to communicate with someone, I love to talk. I love to talk. But because life gets so multifaceted and multi-layered, I've evolved to the point where I couldn't live without being able to text and get to the point and get it done in a yes or a no and move on. Um, but I, yeah, there's nothing that beats a good old chat. All right. Last, last two. Uh, Monty Python or Faulty Towers? <gasps> Monty Python. Uh, Monty Towers. <laughs> <laughs> Faulty pythons. Faulty pythons. That's so good. That's a great question because that's a good our, That's probably a bridge for all of us. That's formed part of my whole what sense of humor is. Oh, 100%. My childhood was a lot of faulty towers. Like a lot. I hope Amelia's is too. Go on, Tom. You had one more. Okay. Last, last one. This is the big one. In your cupboard, do the cups go the right side up or the right side down? Awesome question. Down. Down. Drinking down, in yeah. down. Ooh, yeah. Dang. What about you? Um, I'll actually go up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll let you down. Okay, so is that an England-Canada thing, or is it a generational thing? Oh, I don't know. How did you grow up? Where were your cups? Yeah, they were They were always up. I think, I, I think ours were down because of some idea that their dust would get in. <laughs> yeah. But when was the last time you went in your cupboard and wiped that cupboard where you put those glasses with the drinking end down? Right? And that well, goes exactly. right into your mouth. 
So I just thought that was I a good I think that's fascinating, and I could fixate on that for hours. What is the name of your band, Tom? I believe you have a band. I do, yeah. I have, well, I run a band called Bond Street, and they do uh, vintage covers of modern songs. They are I amazing. I love that kind of stuff. They're beautiful. So that thing about if you if you're gonna if you're gonna cover something, make it better than the original. You guys do that sometimes. It's like it's so oh, good. It's very kind or stuff. you know, I mean, like not to dish any of the original, of course. But you, I guess, instead of better, it's like you recreate it and you make it new, and it's just awesome. People have to plug it. Go plug where you can yeah. find you. Uh, you awesome. can find us on any streaming service now, which is very exciting. So you can search for us on Spotify or on. Apple Music or wherever you get your music or you can go to www.wearebondstreet.com that's the band I play drums in uh, did you notice how well Tom just did the thing about mentioning all the places where he could be heard Steffi do you know how we haven't learned how to do that yet we go bye go try and, try say the thing okay, okay. oh boy so here here's the thing we'd like to ask everyone to do is like to um, rate us review us and subscribe and you can find us on just like tom said you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify anywhere you find your favorite podcast you can find bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other and we broke all the rules and gave it the longest title in christendom because why why not because it made us laugh we have a what's that called instagram oh yes and we're on instagram too we're on all the we're on all the socials the instagram and twitter were at the broad gap at the broad gap and on facebook we are bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other our email address is the broad gap at gmail.com yay tom yes what is the best thing about being 37 <laughs> oh that's a that's a tricky question. Um, I think it's that you've, hopefully, well, I'm only speaking for myself, but I feel like I've got to experience a lot of life, but also I feel like I'm kind of comfortable in who I am and like what I'm doing. And, you know, I feel like when you're younger, you're kind of figuring that out. And when you're, hopefully, now I'm older, I feel like I've kind of figured it out a bit. And so I think that's probably the best thing, I suppose. And then you had a baby. Yeah. And now you know nothing. Exactly. Because you kind of start over again, don't you? (laughs) Thank you, Tom, for bridging any gap that might still exist between 54-year-olds and 37-year-olds. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope hope I said something that's worth listening to once you've edited it. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing. We just want to laugh. We have no idea. (laughs) We've got international. We've got international and we had a baby. We (laughs) We just jumped the... What is that? Should we just jump the ocean? And yeah, no, this is great. Absolutely. Uh, Steffi, it's been wonderful seeing you. Good to see you. And I'm so glad I finally got everything working here because this was a fun day. And it's really great to meet you, Tom, and your daughter. Uh, it's lovely to meet you both. And your wife, Chloe, wherever she may be, she's doing an excellent job. Yeah. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for listening to Bridging the Gap Between Generations Who Assume Things About Each Other. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. 